Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today we're joined with Hossein from multiple, he's played from multiple teams in multiple countries. Could you tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. Good to be on, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Hossein Allahi. I'm uh, Iranian-Australian. I'm born in Iran and then raised in Australia. I'm a professional footballer, 22 years old, and I'm a striker. Thank you for, thank you for coming start. on today. George, do you want to get a slide? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll talk about uh, your childhood, if that's all right. Um, how was it like? Was it very football-based? Um, yeah, so I've been playing since I can remember. I've been playing since my memory goes back um, and just been playing all along. Um, but yeah, I believe from, from a young age, I was surrounded by football. In Iran, football is a very popular sport. It's the uh, national sport by a, by a landslide. And then um, in Australia, it's not so popular, but because I have Iranian background, it just, uh, it just stuck with me and my family. Go on, Jake. Uh, could you tell us a bit about like your like the teams that you've played for and it in your in your in your childhood days? Sure. Yeah. So I started off in Australia with a club team called Hornsby RSL. At the time, it was the highest level you could play in Australian football. Um, they didn't have an academy system back then, so just played club team. Um, I was always one of the top players in the club level in Australia. And um, then when I was 16 years old, I, I moved to the United States to join, a, join my first academy. And that was uh, with Seattle Sounders. What was Seattle Sounders like for you? Yeah, it was a very good um, organization. They have uh, really good facilities, very well-organized uh, infrastructure, which, uh, which was a big deal coming from like club football to then a professional environment. So... It was really good to, to start seeing what it's like of a professional level of football versus, you know, uh, club or park football, as they say. Um, you know, you have physios and, and nutritionists and, and multiple pitches to train on. You can grab a sack of balls and do finishing whenever you want. And it was, it was really good to kind of experience that at a young age and understand um, what I will need to do if I want to continue this as a, as a career later on. Would you say that it was a big jump going from obviously Australia playing football over there and then going going to America? Would you say it was a huge jump? Um, yeah, to to be honest, like it was just a different it was a different environment. It was uh, now understanding. Okay, there's no you have to be subbed on anymore. You know, when you're young, I don't know how it is in in the UK, but in Australia, everyone plays at a young age. You know, like. The parents uh, would complain if the kids don't play. So at club football, every kid goes on. And then coming into Seattle and realizing, okay, these people take it seriously. These coaches, it's their profession and, and their scouts and things like that. So now um, I've got to take my, I've got to earn my place, if that makes sense. And uh, that's when it just kind of clicked in my head where um, you're not obligated to step on the pitch. You have to deserve to step on the pitch. Yeah. George? Uh, did you enjoy your time in America? Yeah, it was good. It was, um, like I said, there was very good facilities and everything like that. So I really enjoyed being able to, being able to like dedicate my life to football, if that makes sense. If I needed to do extra finishing, I could get help from someone. I also had, I had a group of teammates that were all 
motivated just like myself. So, you know, everyone understood training hard and everyone understood we got to do extra work and get our long balls in, get our finishing in, get our free kicks in. So it was nice to, to be able to have that on a footballing side. And then outside of football, yeah, it's a good country. Um, you know, it was a new culture to have to adapt to. Um, at first, it was difficult away from family and things like that. Um, having to learn how to cook on your own and, and do laundry and, and all sorts of small stuff, you know. Um, but slowly and slowly, you start to grow up and, and understand that, okay, it's time to grow up and, and be a man now, not a boy. So, yeah. Is it uh, easy, because you've been uh, to quite a lot of clubs, is it easy to, uh, like, uh, change teams, easy to make friends at new clubs? Mm-hmm. Um, to be quite frank, um, now, because it's been so many years, it's become like a habit. I'm, I'm able to, I'm fortunate enough to be able to adapt to different cultures um, within different teams and things like that. Um, right now it is easy, but at first it was trying to understand that, okay, I'm in a new culture, I'm in a new country. I have to learn their language. I have to, I have to learn their style of play on the pitch. I have to learn their language off the pitch, you know, and, and trying to just adapt myself, not just only as a player, but also as a person. And re- remember that, you know, I'm in their country, I'm in their environment. I have to respect their rules. I can't come here and think that what I do is right and everyone else is wrong. If that makes sense. Jake? Would you say it, is, it, it was a bit of a struggle to change to the lifestyle of different countries? Um, no, I, I wouldn't say it was a struggle. Um, but I also wouldn't say it was... Uh, it was easy. Um, I think the fact that I have two nationalities helps as well. Um, you know, because uh, I, I was, um, I, I've been from two different cultures. Australia is, is one culture and then Iran is a total different culture. So kind of from a young age, I was able to understand that. And then as, uh, as football, football became more serious um, and I was, going to different countries, it was like kind of having to do what I did as a young kid all over again. Um, and yeah. You mentioned that in Australia, there wasn't uh, academies. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe if there was, that could have helped your ability be better than you are today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, now they have the academy system. Like, it's not as like it is, you guys are in the UK, am I right? Like, it's yeah. not yeah. like it is over there. You guys have you guys have kids signing scholarships at like nine years old or something like that. We don't have anything like that in Australia. But, for example, we have A-League teams um, that have a youth system, have an academy. Um, but for me, personally speaking, it was like at the time it was two, two trainings a week on a Tuesday night, Thursday night, match on a Saturday. Um, and it was the kind of match where the mums used to bring orange slices and, and things like that, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't like an academy system with scouts, nothing like that. So if I was to go back and say how it would have been like if I had you know, been brought up in an academy system, I think just my style of play would have been different because Australia, we breed workhorses. I mean, in the UK, there's quite a few Australians. And if you look at them all, they're usually the ones that run the most because they, they try to breed us as athletes because if they try to breed us as a as technical players like Spain or Holland or something like that, um, it's just the reality. We'd be a bit behind, you know? 
Um, but one thing we have over other countries is um, we're, we're athletes, we can run, um, we can continue to work hard, we can be versatile and adapt to different positions. Um, so I think it's just my style of play would have been different. I think I would have maybe been uh, more knowledgeable at a game from of the game earlier um, versus what I did have. The, the benefits was I loved the game. I didn't get to, to train and play as much very young. I just always wanted to be, I was hungry to be on the pitch, you know, and, um, and yeah. Jake. We're going to move on now to uh, diet choices. And would you say you have to, you have to like change your diet choices depending on what country you're in? Um, yes, I know. Before I knew how to cook, um, I would have to, yeah, I would have to, because you'd, you'd order takeout, for example. So it was whatever they had. Um, as I got older and started to understand the importance of nutrition, I started to hold myself accountable and responsible. So I'm not a good cook by all means, but I can do everything simple. So I just, held myself responsible to go shopping, um, get the things that I need to get, and then, um, yeah, not take the easy way out and buy takeaways. So just force myself to, to cook. And that's how it started early on. Um, and then, yeah, later on, start working with nutritionists and, and uh, people that actually understand the science and the knowledge of nutrition and, and things like that. George? Uh, so you said that you uh, learned to pretty much cook by yourself. Was that uh, hard? Was it uh, pretty easy? Um, yeah, it was. At first, it was hard. I, I had no clue what I was doing, and um, and you probably wouldn't enjoy the meals I I would give you. But but um, but yeah, it, I just started to kind of learn about it and understand what tastes good, what doesn't. I mean, the thing is also certain countries I would go to, they would want me at a certain weight, if that makes sense. They would want me at a certain weight. They'd want me lighter or heavier. And I would have to adjust my, um, my weight, you know, with the food I eat, depending on, depending on what, they, what they wanted me at. So, um, yeah, but now I'm fortunate enough to, like, work with a high-level nutritionist in France from, from the League One level. So... They're able to kind of let me know and, and tell me what I should do and, and shouldn't do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to uh, change countries by like the food way? Like, obviously, America, there's completely different food than there is in France. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In, in uh, you know, certain like countries you go to, the quality of the food is just different as well, you know? Um, and what they eat as well. Like you guys, you guys have sausage and eggs for breakfast. Is that right? Something like that? You guys have yeah. beans and eggs and things like that? Yeah. So for me, that's not common at all, if that makes sense. For me, um, you know, yeah, that's that's not common at all. But what I try to do is I try to have things that I understand that I like, uh, foods that I like, foods that suit me, and try to purchase those same things everywhere. So porridge, you guys do porridge, right? So I try to follow that kind of everywhere I go and, and uh, keep the same routine in that sense, yeah. When you uh, moved to, uh, obviously, from America to your next country, was it uh, like like you had to learn how to cook from the beginning? Um, or? Yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much learned from scratch. I mean, my mother used to always cook, but I would never, like, watch her and try to learn or anything. I'm, same with you guys. I, I doubt you guys sit in the kitchen and, and try to see what, 
what mum's doing. Yeah, exactly. But personally, myself, um, I just try to to understand that you know I need I need the protein, I need the carbohydrates, I need the vegetables, and then just try to pop it in a pan at first and and uh, cook it up because I didn't have the right knowledge of food at the time. So as I got more knowledge of the food and and now I'm working with nutritionists. I kind of understand more what I need to do for, for recovery, for game day, um, and, uh, and yeah, and training and, and things like that. All right. Uh, are you ready to move on, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to uh, like the different climates. Uh, obviously, around the world, there's a different weather, different climate. Uh, how is that? Is that hard to adapt to? Yeah. Um, with, the, with the climates, um, I've been fortunate to kind of have a bit of everything. So in Australia, it's hot. Um, yeah. in, uh, in Seattle, it rains like over 200 days a year. So that was something new and interesting. And then when I flew to Germany, the pitches were frozen. So snow and pitches were frozen. I think you guys have the UK all in one day, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. Yeah. But, we get it a lot. but um, yeah, exactly. But for me, it was just... Um, being able to learn to play in different things and, and different climates and different temperatures. And, and um, it wasn't difficult, but it did take time to, to, you, to get used to. Uh, for example, in Asia, it's humid. You, you can't breathe. You know, for the first two weeks, a lot of players that come on trial in Asia, first two weeks, they can't train a full session. Just, you, don't, you, you feel that you don't get enough oxygen. So I've been fortunate to play in like every single climate possible to think of. Um, but yeah, luckily now at this point, it's kind of become more normal for me, but yeah, at the time it was a bit of a struggle, like in Germany, for example, you'd wear like, we'd all, all of them, everyone would wear four socks to try to keep their, their toes warm or, or in Seattle with the rain in your gloves, you would put, um, do you know those, those hot packets that you yeah. move yeah. and they spread and yeah, so just kind of. At first, it was something to get used to, but yeah, now it's now it's all okay. What do you enjoy playing in the most? What weather? Um, I like the rain, to be honest. I think it, 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 because you know at a, at a youth level, they don't water the pitches like they do in the Premier League, for example. You know, yeah. or League One. Um, so it was always nice to play in the rain. Um, the ball moves, the ball glides, the ball moves very yeah, nicely. Slides. It's just that I feel like because of the UK, it's a stereotypical football weather that makes sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, for me personally, I enjoy that the most. Um, uh, so, yeah. So for me, that would probably be my ideal, ideal, uh, ideal weather. Is it like a completely different? Because you went to Australia where it's boiling hot and then you went to America, which is uh, obviously uh, raining all the time. Yeah. Was it really hard to adapt? At first, yeah. I'll give you an example, actually. In Australia, the youth don't train when it rains. Yeah, like, if it rains, they call the training off. So when I arrived in America, I would text the coach and say, hi, is training on tonight? And he batted me, he scolded me, and told me, rain or, or shine, we train here. There's no cancel rain. And, and that's when it clicked in my head. Like, okay, you know, I, I, I close my mouth when it comes to different temperatures. We just yeah. play. Yeah. So, but it was, um, it, it took just a couple of weeks to get used to. And then, and then, yeah, now it's all, all good. Jake? Oh, we can move on if you're, if you're ready to. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. 
the next topic is um, how, how do you prepare for games? Like, do you have any superstitions, like putting your right boot on first, your left boot on first? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I like used to have weird superstitions like that. Like, put my put my yeah, right sock on first, and 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 take a shower this warm or this cold, and and things like that. And as I got older, I realized um, I should put my confidence in my training and if I train well all week and focus every day as if I'm playing the game on the weekend then uh then I'll show up on game day and perform so now I just try to just try to eat right all week um try to sleep right all week leading up to the game have, have more carbohydrates um yeah just kind of kind of uh mentally prepare myself leading up to game day um but I, I do have a, a typical game day routine and the night before but it's not like anything really superstitious or or do a flip and jump around and then and then have a good game or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. George? Uh so uh like you said that you don't really have any, but uh is there like anything you like before you go to sleep, is there something like you'll do? Yeah, sure. So for example, prior to prior to sleeping on game day, so I'll have like the proper meal that I need to have um, with the right amount of carbohydrates, protein and, and vegetables, and then um, go to sleep and uh, re- remain well hydrated all, all, all day, all few days leading prior to the game. Then before I go to sleep, I just like to visualize. I like to, I like to speak to the kit man, know what color kit I'm wearing, and just, just kind of visualize what I'm going to do that day, all in a perfect scenario. When I get the ball, I'm going to turn this way. I'm going to score like this. I'm going to, you know, just try to put positive positive thoughts in my head um, of what I'm going to do the next day. I think Wayne Rooney spoke about that once. Um, and um, I actually got that from him when I was very young. Just trying to visualize um, what I'm going to do the next day and that it's all going to go all going to go perfectly, if that makes sense. Just try to put the best thoughts in my head and, and um and yeah, just put those scenarios. Those, and I try to make it detailed as possible. I'm going to turn this way. I'm going to shoot with this foot. I'm going to celebrate like this. And then uh, try to emulate the same thing um, the next day. Uh, what's the feeling? Like, if you know you've got a big game tomorrow ever against a big club or, like, maybe even a rival, is there, like, something you do different or, uh, like, waking up the feeling? Yeah, to be honest, the nerves are higher. I'm not going to lie about that for sure. You know, when there's more pressure, when there's more responsibility or anything, whether it's personal or for the team, um, there's more pressure, you know, there's more nerves. Um, But I try to, I try to just try to keep the same routine and try to treat every game the same, you know, not, not think, even if it's, even if it's a very big game, I try to just, think about it as okay this is just another game this is football this is what I've been doing my whole life and this is what I love and try not to make it bigger than what it is and put too much pressure on myself you know try to try to control that internal um try to control the external pressure um by by handling my own internal pressure if that makes sense you said that it's uh so you obviously get a tiny bit nervous before a big game is that like grown on to you did you feel like that as a kid or yeah, always. I mean, I think I always have nerves on any game right before. But once I step on the pitch and that first touch is good, it's a nice first touch and a nice a nice ball or a nice shot, everything kind of mellows down and it's like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm good. This is what I do. This is what I've been doing from when I'm young. This is what I love to do. And then 
everything just kind of simmers down. But I think until that first whistle goes and that first touch comes, there's a bit of like um, angst, if that makes sense. You're just a bit, bit, bit anxious. Yeah. Do you like uh, put, as soon as the whistle blows or as soon as you obviously get your first touch, do you like put everything behind you and just focus football? Um, yeah, to be honest, for that 90 minutes, even in training, like nothing, nothing is in my head. Um, you know, fortunately for me, I genuinely love football. You know, I could train all day and then I could come and, and watch football. It's my passion. I'm sure it's like you guys. You guys watch football, talk football, play football all day. Yeah. So, you sort of live the game. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, the game has given me so much, you know, and the game also is why I do so many things that I do. So for me, when I'm on that pitch, it's like a sense of relief. It's just like a sigh, a sigh of relief. I'm free now. And on this pitch, nothing matters because on that pitch, there's no color. There's no money, there's no race, there's no religion. It's like us right yeah. now, you know, we're from different sides of the world, but because of the beautiful game, we're talking right now. And that's what, that's what football does for me. It's like nothing matters for that 90 minutes. And what you do on that pitch is the only thing that's going to matter after that 90 minutes. So, yeah, for that, for that training session or game, everything is just gone. And it's just give your all in this and then, uh, and yeah, if that makes sense. Go on, Jake. Um, I've gone blank, George. <laughs> Go on, George. Uh, is there like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, uh, you've played in uh, quite uh, a lot of countries. Uh, so, I've heard you've played in, uh, obviously, America. You've played in Germany. You've played in uh, Singapore. Uh, is it really... Uh, I've, I might have asked this before, but is it really... Yeah hard to like in Singapore to where it is like in India is it a uh, really different football wise yeah to be honest everywhere like everywhere I've played has been different in a, in a, in a minor way but you know in football it's the small details that count um, I would say Australia for example is like England in the style but um, maybe a step below in, in the quality, overall quality, but it's that same, same, you guys, you guys play hard. It's always play on a lot of challenges, a lot of long balls, a lot of direct football. Um, you know, that's a stereotypical English way. I'm sure it's changing now slowly, but Australia is kind of like that as well. Um, then for example, in, in India, it's, um, they actually, India and Singapore, they, they watch England. Those are the, that's the only league they really watch. Yeah, they don't watch other leagues. So, so they try to emulate that. You know, they, all their idols, all their coaches' idols before players' idols was, was like that. Um, Germany, very tactical. Very, uh, very well-structured. France, they're very technical. They play very intelligent. Um, so everywhere has had a minor difference, um, which in football, even a small detail can be a major difference. But... Um, yeah, it's it's always hard. It's always hard, like getting to a new place, and the speed of play could be different, or the style could be different, or, or even in my position, they expect something totally different. Um, but but it's good because I can. I'm also young, and I'm I'm able to just adapt as I'm as I'm getting older. I'm able to learn these things for for the future. All right. Uh, so, is it like 
uh, obviously you said you were really young. Uh, yeah. Do you think you could maybe potentially get better? Maybe, uh, obviously you're in France right now, maybe get even higher the league that you're in? Yeah, I mean, the goal for me is to, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm nowhere close to making it in my, in my mind. You know, I still believe that I have a long way to go. You know, I, I dream of representing, you know, my countries, um, getting a call up at the senior level and, and playing at, at a, the highest level possible. So I still feel that I'm in that journey, you know. I mean, I'm sure, I saw you guys have some people on your podcast that have had 250 caps, 200 goals, you know. So I'm still working to get there. And um, I, just, I just think there's still work to do. There's still fine-tuning to do. And, um, and yeah, just, just working towards having my break somewhere, sometime. Um, and, and going from there, yeah. But by all means, I do believe that, that I can get there. And it's just a matter of uh, just working hard and, and staying humble. Going back to uh, your childhood, did you used to watch a lot of football? Or maybe even now, do you watch football like on TV? Yeah, so when I started watching as, from a young age, it was just for the love of the game. Like, I just watched the ball move, you know, just, yeah. just like that. And then as I got older, I started analysing. So I would pick a striker. That, that had my weight, height, and style of play. And I would watch all his games, all his YouTube videos, all his highlights, everything. And I would try to emulate it. Um, and, and now I, you know, I don't pick a player and watch all the time or anything like that. But, of course, I love football. So I still put it on. I still watch big games that, that, that can entertain me. And, and, um, and, yeah, I mean, football is my love, whether I was playing professionally or whether I was playing in a park. So, so I think um, that will never change. Are you watching the German league right now? I am, yeah. I like, uh, I like that young striker from Dortmund. So I, I watch him. Haaland? Yeah, he's, uh, he's solid. I think, Would you say uh, you admire him? Nah, not admire, but he's a good player. He's got good, he's got good qualities. I like, I like all strikers. You know, I think uh, every striker brings something unique to the table. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's good for football to be back on again after a few months. I think, I think with all the difficult things that are going on around the world, I think it's good to have to have professional sports on again, even if it's without fans. How are you coping? Because obviously, football's pretty much it did come to a full on full stop here. Because obviously, you seem uh, like a massive football fan, football mm-hmm. any everything, football life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you coping? Yeah, so actually in France, they cancelled all the leagues as of recently. Yeah, so yeah. I like, saw so PSG got crowned champions in League One, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so personally for me, um, I, I try to be as disciplined as possible. I'm a disciplined person. So I, um, I hold myself accountable to continue training sessions and things like that alone. I mean, all the pitches and things like that were closed here, so... Um, there's a parking lot behind my house. So I was getting some, some work in, in, in the parking lot and, and doing some stuff in my home and, and just using small equipment that I have in the house, bike and things like that. And um, just trying to make, make do with, with what I have, doing the best possible with, with the things that I have. Um, but of course, uh, time, with, time away from football is difficult, whether it's for me, whether it's for you guys, uh, whether it's for UK's population, you know. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously, it's been hard, but there's more important things going on in the world right now. So 
I, I try to think of them rather than think of uh, think of what's best for me, if that makes sense. Would you say you're doing more things now than what you did when football was on? Um, I'm trying to do just as much, to be honest. It's it's a bit more easy when football's going on because you got access to pitches. I got access to to gym, to pool, to you know, to private like training center, things like that. But right now, I just try to to emulate that as best as possible. So I got some equipment at the house, like I said. I got a bike. I got some equipment, some weights, things like that. Um, then in the parking lot, if I can get anything done. Um, so I'm trying to do as much as I can, going on runs, things like that. And actually in France, um, they have a lot of small pitches all around the country, like small 5v5 yeah. pitches. So I try to try to get on those, do small small technical sessions, and just yeah, try to try to make and do as much as possible. Jake, would you would you say you're looking to go higher in football? So because obviously you're quite young, would you say you're looking to move into a better country that that's no more for football like like England? Um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy, I'm very happy in France right now. Um, I'd like to stay here and progress in France as uh, as high as possible, you know. Um, and and that's my objective. My objective in football was uh, was always to try and be the best. I mean, it still is to try and be the best. So um, I'm 22 years old. I, I definitely believe that I can I can you know score goals in on a consistent basis and and have my break. Um, so it's just a matter of of continuing to believe in myself and. And doing that, and and um, and yeah, and listening to the people that are trying to help me and trying to to mentor me and guide me in in my in my objectives. Would you say you have the sort of mindset of a of a high end professional footballer? Yeah. Um, to be honest, if 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 uh, to be quite frank, I would say I uh, I have the 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 mental capacity of of them. Um, I wouldn't say that in any way I'm I'm beneath them in a, on a mental basis. Um, I would say I believe in myself that I can make it to the top without a doubt. Um, and uh, it's just it's just proving to the world what I believe in in myself, if that makes sense. And um, just uh, just yeah. You could sort of say football's two games, like the the physical game where you show on the pitch and the mental game which you show in training and, and the commitment to the game. Right. What what would you say you're you're better at being being mentally stronger in the game or, or physically? Um, I would personally say uh, I think I bring both qualities, um, but I would say I definitely do have. Um, an edge over other players mentally because I don't think it's easy to to get up and leave your family at 16 years old and, and play overseas, for example, or to move countries or to adapt to different styles and things like that. Um, you know, I I find myself in a very good state physically, um, but I also think I bring something else to the table mentally as well. Um, just being able to have the capacity to, to work every day, work hard, um, never quit, never give up. And, and whatever the team needs of me, whatever the coach needs of me, just put my head down and work. George? Uh, earlier, you mentioned that you, uh, uh, as a kid, you used to, um, like, 
study a player like if they're what the same height weight and that uh, gameplay of you uh, could you name some examples of players yeah so growing up ronaldo was my uh ronaldo was my like favorite player um i was young and i was, it was just like watching him dribble you know like down the line and do his step overs and things like that as i grew older and started to understand my position and my role and what i can bring to the table i started like i said watching strikers that yeah my height and weight so i started off watching aguero that was probably the first one so we share a similar body and similar style um and trying to just yeah watch him in every situation his movement uh, his runs his, how he touches the ball where he touches the ball which area of the pitch he spends most of his time in how does he check his shoulder things like that um aguero was a big one tevez was another one um uh Defoe from your guys' motherland um because yeah. he's one of the smallest strikers especially from England you guys usually have nowadays the guys have the, the biggest strikers so that was one that I watched um but to be honest I don't imitate any of them because I believe that imitation is is limitation so I just try to to take the good and see what I can take from any striker so I was saying that young striker from Haaland uh sorry young striker from Dortmund Haaland I um you know we share different ability so i don't try to copy what he does or anything like that but if i see something that that i like see something that i can put into my game um then i just try to kind of yeah pick that but i mean every striker brings something different to the table you know so yeah is there a football team in like, the whole world that uh you say you'd support uh to be honest no i watch all the good teams Uh, you know you probably english fans are going to butcher me because i'm going to name all the teams that are rivals against each other but yeah i watch all the good teams i watch man united man city chelsea liverpool arsenal um then the same in germany i watch dortmund i watch bayern so i i'm a fan of good football i love good football um and yeah to be honest i don't support a specific team other than my 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 countries i support you know the australian national team when they play that's when i become a fan and when the iranian national team plays that's when i become a fan as well but other than that i'm just uh, i just admire good football yeah if you got a call up from australia and iran who would you take um yeah i i can't uh, to be honest that's something that i can't decide i think when the option will be there and i have the two options on the table that's something that i have to discuss with my family and and uh yeah unfortunately one day i'll have to make that decision and um but to be honest yeah i got to have to choose yeah which way my heart goes but as of now my heart goes with both so unless maybe i can find a way to represent both or something like that but yeah we'll see <laughs> jake i'm all out is there anything else you would like to say uh to the podcast hosen um, anything you'd like to say uh for me now nah, all good i think um you know i saw you guys uh starting to to you guys are on your way up for for the um on your way up in the podcast world so it was just a pleasure to be able to join on the podcast and and uh, and speak to you guys yeah i think you guys have a great thing going for yourselves and it will be a pleasure to see you guys grow and and continue to yeah continue to rise in the in the in the podcast industry
Thank yeah, you. Thanks, we, mate. We wish you luck with your with your football career and pleasure, guys. Hopefully, hopefully you can be playing for for a team in in one of the top leagues around the world. Absolutely, we'll be in touch. I'll I'll get back on when that happens. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, yeah, it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for coming Bye. on. It's been nice speaking with you.